1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at
0: This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. Hello.
3: Hello.
2: Hey, guys.
3: It's like we're offending Australian people.
2: Eat Saturday. Oh, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) Do we have an audience in Australia? I
3: think maybe one or two. People. Crooks.
2: Wait. So, like, if... Okay. (laughs) Australian people try to do American accents. Is that that offensive? I don't think it's
3: offensive. No, not at all. But the thing is, like... America yeah. doesn't have a culture, exactly. so you can't really. It. <laughs> you
2: can't. Like, well, you try going, try going to literally where you're from
3: and saying that to a bunch of people there yeah. <laughs> and see how yeah. that flows. When I see, <laughs> there are some things that are American culture, like, like stealing, like Sorry. yeah, like literally um, uh, stealing stealing on people's cultures, um, you know. Uh, wearing socks with those ugly ass. What are those things called? Nike
2: swoops. Oh no,
3: the Birkenstocks and. Oh um, Crocs. No, not Is Crocs, Crocs.
2: American culture. Not Crocs. Oh.
3: they starts to the sea though. Oh. Like those really ugly ass shoes that like Crocs that kids that go camping always. Not. For what not.
2: did you? Not Birkenstocks. No. Oh, what your ex boyfriend always used to wear. Yes,
3: ew, ew. I forgot I what they're called. I
2: know what you're talking about though.
3: No, people call them fashion. But like oh. families that go to Disney every year, that's what they wear. All of them own that. That's crazy. But uh, I think that's culture. Um, taking it's offense just, to everything is culture. It all
2: seems very negative to me. Football is not American culture. Uh, I, I don't mean? know. I know. You've said it in a past episode. Chacos. You- chacos. Chacos.
3: If you wear tacos, I'm going to keep my, my opinion to myself. So, well. <laughs> I feel like we embody our signs very well. I figured out I'm a Capricorn, moon, whatever, rising.
2: I'm a Taurus. I'm one of, I don't know what's my rising and setting or whatever the fuck they're called, but like one of them's a Taurus and one of them is like a Capricorn or something.
3: Yeah, I'm Capricorn. I'm a double cancer Capricorn. It's basically, yikes.
2: My favorite astrology saying is that Mercury's in retrograde. And Cindy said, which I've been saying now, like, well, probably once a day since she said it, is that Mercury's in Gatorade. I've been saying that yeah, because I, I thought I, it was I so funny. I couldn't read it. She said it in an episode, and I didn't even realize it until I went back and edited it, and I was, like, peeing my pants. But Mercury's in recu- retrograde? <laughs> retrograde? <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde is my favorite Mercury saying. Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> 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 because it's, it's, it just means, like, everything in your life is going
3: wrong. Which is uh, funny. Yeah. Are they like, they're like, why is your man acting up? Because like, they're No, maybe he's toxic. Maybe that's why.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Why like, why haven't I been going to class all week? Why did I just get fired from my job? I don't know. Maybe you're a bad
3: person. That was me that one day. Where, like, everything went wrong, and then it went right, and then it went really wrong again.
2: That's your life, though. Like, yeah. That's yeah. That's, that, yeah. That's pretty that's much it. It really
3: happening. is. Keeps things interesting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely for sure. Oh yeah, so you're
2: just in the front row, just waiting yes. to see what
3: happens. I'm saying this in the beginning of the episode so that I feel like whenever we get to the end and we're like, oh my god, like go listen to crying in public on YouTube and TikTok, that's when people stop listening to the episode yeah. because that's what I do. So I'm, I'm gonna say it in the beginning, so you have to listen. Uh, um, we're starting a book club, guys. Yeah. And it's funny because I have been wanting to read this book for so long, but like obviously I want to be able to like, discuss it with someone. So I was like, Sarah. I totally texted her like two days ago. I was like, Sarah, let's read a book together. And she was like, hmm? Huh? And I was like, read a book. She was like, um no. I was like, no, but like we can like make like a book club about it. And like we posted about it on Instagram. We got some some cute feedback. And so we're gonna do it. And the book is literally six dollars on Amazon. It comes in like a day, I promise. Or you it can write the yeah, ebook.
2: You can get it on like your Kindle app or e-book.
3: For like whatever. ten bucks. And I know like the, the new paperback is only six dollars. Or you can get it online for free, I'm pretty sure. But you also don't have to read it to follow along because we're going to do, like, a mini-series about it where, basically, we'll, like, split the book up in four sections or three sections. And we'll, like, post on our Instagram what the sections are and, like, the dates we're going to do, like, the episode about it. And so we're going to just gonna like very do, like, a very brief, like, ten-minute overview of, like, the lessons we learned from that chapter. But then we're also going to apply it to our own lives, problems, stories, et cetera, like we'd always do in a mini but the book is called Why Men Love Bitches by Sherry Argov. So if you do want to follow along, you don't have to, obviously. But if you do want to, it would be super cute and fun and like very retro of us. Yeah, and we're, we're still going to apply, apply to
2: our everyday life. So if you still want to listen and like just not read because you're not a reader like I am... Feel free. But I will be reading it. I want to read it. I'm excited now.
3: Let's make reading cute again because (laughs) maybe that's what's wrong with our society is that no one reads. So we're all just extra dumb.
2: Okay. Okay. Because like I know when I was younger and I used to read probably like two full novels a day, I had so many like hopes and dreams and I was just hopeful. But maybe I was young, but also maybe I was reading. Who
3: knows? But like the reason I am a smart ass to this day is because (laughs) I read so much as a kid and I knew everything about everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it stuck some, um, you know, why not tap back into her again?
2: I will never forget Cindy and I went on an interview. <laughs> with their friend who is like part of this book club online and she was asking was like what's our favorite book and Cindy was like my favorite book is the theory of everything and constellations and light and Socrates by whatever and I was like mine's Hunger Games.
3: <laughs> I'm really dead like, because I literally said yeah. Wuthering Heights oh, and like, okay. Sarah was like um Hunger Games and then they were like what's like been the most pivotal book like you've read and Sarah was like Harry Potter. I was like okay. x galapskish whatever they say.
2: Yeah that's how much I just don't what did you just say? Actually, what what was that? Oh, the spells. Wingardium Leviosa.
3: Ew. I hate the way they talk so much. I guess they're just British. But I hate in the book when they're literally like... She, that girl really had to sit there in her room, J.K. Rowling, and she was like, means your hair's going to turn orange. I need to remember that. Like... How's that just come to you? Leviosa, mariposa. Like, I don't know <laughs> what that means. They're
2: all a lot. It's all Latin
3: terminology. I
2: think.
3: Ain't I mean, that I mean, a dead yeah. language? <laughs> yeah. I think it's dead for a reason. Yeah.
2: But you took Latin
3: in high school were always, like, smart Alex, or their parents made them take it?
2: That's my, yeah. My dad made me take it. I did not take it.
3: Yeah. do you think it like helped you learn words or something
2: it definitely helped me take the SAT but then I also got a twelve hundred on the SAT so <laughs> then I just took the ACT and it didn't help at all because yeah. they didn't have a uh, they didn't have that same section that they did on the SAT and the ACT yeah, yeah.
3: ACT is more like science and math based
2: mm-hmm. and then the SAT is more like essay whatever um so it didn't help me at all basically I regret that I took it I would have much rather have taken Spanish or French
3: I feel bad because I, like, I guess the same thing with the LSAT is that, like, people were, like, literally crying over the SAT, like, getting private tutors and shit. Girl, I used for that thing once. I took it once, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I took it the end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year. That's smart. And then um, I took it, again, senior year, because our school, like, had, like, the whole day where everyone took it, and I scored, like, 300 points lower, and I was like, did I get dumber?
2: (laughs) Did I get dumber? No, because you know what me off about SAT and standardized testing is that you can hire a tutor, but they just kind of tell you tricks and tips. They don't really teach you any material, you know, so it's not really how much information you can retain. It's how well you can apply a certain set of rules to a test, which... I think might, I think definitely works for some people. Like imagine those kids who go through school and content learning and memorization-based curriculum and they're sitting there learning and they're not retaining anything and they do awful and they get like all Ds and Cs, but then they take the SAT or the ACT and they rock and they get a perfect score. It's great for some people, but like for others, it doesn't work like that, which is why I hate standardized testing.
3: The reason, the whole problem is that is the first part of it, standardized, because there's no one way to learn or understand a certain set of like problems and trying to like... Uh, judge someone's intelligence based off of one way of thinking it's not cute it's not cute and it's not cute so they should be cuter and stop it and <laughs> that's why I'm going to be president and that's going to be my speech
2: and then people are like well what do you propose instead of that? instead of standardized testing and I'm like well to acknowledge a flaw in something you don't have to like have an answer right away like I'm not a, I'm, I don't have a degree in psychology I don't know but it's just not good I know it wasn't good for me so it can't be good for everybody because I'm very normal <laughs> I'm insanely, I don't know, because, like, I'm, like, very, like, I'm, I feel like I'm an average learner. I'm not Einstein, but I'm also not, like, I don't
3: know. It's really funny when I post pictures and I look oily because I'm oily. And people, are like, you are glowing. I'm like, oh, no, it's just over a production of oil, but thank you.
2: Whenever I post a picture on my Instagram, I get unfollowed by a lot of people. No, it's yeah. really unfortunate. I was on
3: TikTok as well, like a massive and following. And I'm like, wow, I remind you that I did fact exist and you were that offended by it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to brag about this before we start the episode very quickly. I found this thing on fucking TikTok. So I'm always oily, but I'm also always dry. Please explain to me how that works. I don't know. And so it was getting to a point where I was fed up and I just stopped wearing makeup. Because, number one, I'm lazy. Two, I wake up two minutes before class. And three, I just, I can't do it anymore. And I see these, like, wipes on TikTok. And it's, like, it on your face. And your skin will just, like, not sweat. And at first I was like... Mm-hmm is that fda approved and then i realized that i don't care so i bought it and i didn't even use it right it's supposed to like use it before you go to sleep and then like you wake up and wash it off but it's like in like very dire situations just like put it on wait 30 minutes then put your makeup on, on top of it bruh it's been three days and i just have not sweat and you know what it's giving it's cute i feel dry
2: you look great Thank you. you look yeah no seriously it's working
3: yeah, they better sponsor me because I am about to go buy like four more boxes of it because it's the cute. Sponsor us.
1: Ooh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're back to advice in public, part, of dos. The, yes, part of <laughs> the dos. Less than
2: happy episode, Yes, part the dos. We'll keep this
3: one short and to the point. Short and sweet and Okay, question number one. I'm in a situation right now, though, trying to decide if this guy that I've been going on dates with recently, I see him more as a friend or as more than that. I just keep going back and forth. You guys can help me out in an episode because I'm confused with myself. Ah. Um, I've definitely been there before where it's kind of like trying to understand your feelings. Like, because sometimes you get so enamored with someone or like you do fall in love with someone as a friend because like your connection is just so good as a friend. But um, I think you know yourself better than anyone that if you do see yourself potentially having a relationship or a future with this person, I think that's like your biggest indication that like you do could, or you could see them romantically. But also, since you guys are going on dates, I'm assuming he also has the same interest in you. So I think just take it slow and like continue to get to know each other and see where it naturally evolves to because I think that you won't have to make a quote unquote decision because you'll just feel it naturally.
2: I agree. Um, I think that it should definitely come naturally. I think you should like read the signs from them as much as like to read the signs from yourself because nothing can ever happen ultimately if he doesn't feel the same way. Um, but at the same time, what you think is obviously the most important. So I would just try to spend more time with him just in like friendly settings, like find common interests, go hiking, go to the zoo, go to the aquarium, is there a hiking. Mm.
3: Goes uh, hiking once?
2: <laughs> goes, uh, yeah, it's the worst ever. Um, cook, like do whatever. And then see if anything like sparks from there. Maybe ask around. Just kidding. That's a really bad idea, especially if you have mutual friends. But I think just like spending more time with them in general to see if anything happens naturally is a great option. And also, I would say like don't force anything because sometimes, like, the best people in my life in like certain cases are like my guy friends. And I'm so happy that like, Sometimes I think about it and I'm like so happy that nothing ever happened between me and them because like they're such good friends and like I don't know what ever do I don't know what I would ever do if I lost them as a friend so I think like think about if it could become messy think about your mutual friends and just like make a decision based off of that too like incorporate that into your decision like are you willing to risk losing that person just in case. It depends on how old you are also it just depends I would just say like ultimately spend more time together to see what happens naturally like Sydney said
3: yeah and I'm like the biggest advocator for not playing games I feel like they're a waste of time and they're stupid Mm -hmm. so I feel like if you ever want to know how someone feels ask them because like you can ask your friends you can ask your mom your dad his best friend your best friend and like they'll never know or be able to represent truly how their feelings are not in his head or their head so I think, honestly, if you guys are at the point where, like, you can have that kind of conversation... Yeah, yeah. I think it's smart to just ask because he could be thinking the same thing. He could be thinking just friends. He could be thinking just a girlfriend. So I feel like the easiest way is just directly ask him. And, like, yeah, it's scary, but i tell you, three seconds of courage are going to save you weeks of just thinking and overthinking about things also
2: like think about it like if you guys are both sharing a moment and if you're too scared to ask how he feels he might be too scared to ask the same thing so like think about what might have been able to happen but like nothing's happening because you're like so scared to ask what is going on inside his head so I think just like asking if you're at that point keyword if you're at that point is a great idea
3: Yar. okay question next question, I... um... I'm pretty sure we didn't already do that. Okay. Question number two. Friends who aren't supportive of your current life slash living situations. I don't know if that's the question. But I think it's just like the general advice thing. Um, drop my
2: Yeah, if they're not supportive, I mean, define not supportive, but because you know as well as I do that like you can have friends in your lives who are like concerned or like like, ooh, is this the best like way for you to go? for you because i care about you and your well-being but if it's not like that you know like if it's jealousy toxicity insecurity toxicity insecurity you know and then just it's not worth it at that point
3: Uh, yeah dropping like it's hot you don't have time or energy to waste on people who don't just don't care and if it's in terms of like relationships i think obviously it's a hard line to walk because like on one situation like you do want to be able to give advice like that's constructive and, like, is reflective of your opinion on the matter. But also, like, you're not in relationships. So, like, you can't really account for, like, how that person's feeling or, like, things that you don't know. Right. So I think it's always, like, a hard line to try. But also, like, if your friends or, like, your family or whatever, I guess she's talking about friends, like, are voicing concerns about something, I feel like you should probably take that into account because they're not saying it for no reason. Like, right. if they observe something that's, like, toxic or, like, is concerning in their mind, I feel like it's for a reason. So you should, like, ponder on that. Yeah. Okay. Question number 3. That was a great question. Um this one's mostly for you. What to do if you hate your sorority but you love the resume builders it offers? Love
2: the resume builders they offer? I would say I was in the exact same situation, so this actually is a question for me like totally because I love networking. I love, you know, like finding out what job opportunities are there in my space. And that is what a lot of what my sorority gave me. But at the like I was social chair, planning all these events, meeting all these new people. Like I totally understand. But at the end of the day, you signed up and you pay dues and you go to the you go to chapter and you go to all these events for a sisterhood and for like support. And if you're not getting that support, the professional connections aren't worth it. That's just my opinion. But like I would rather like spend the extra hour going on LinkedIn handshake. Instagram, just like cold calling, cold emailing, reaching out to people to find professional connections, going to networking events apart from my sorority, rather than staying in a place where I feel super unhappy and like unsupported with. And I'm not really like insinuating that my ex sorority was unsupportive, but like that's just how I felt in my own mental space. So that's how I made my decision
3: yeah girl you paying too much money to be something you don't enjoy because yeah. there are so many like free clubs at your school whether it's like pre-law society uh robotics dance edm whatever club where like you can find ways to network and have like a very niche group of like alumni and professionals that will like, give you direct help in a smaller setting that are is one free and 2 you're connected by common interests not just because you guys wear the same letters so that's my okay question number something four
2: yeah it's
3: four how to handle a change in friendship um we we had one like we were going through it together and I think I had very different reactions to it I have never felt more at peace in my life I didn't cry once wasn't upset once like did not feel any negative any like negative or sad feelings whatsoever because I realized that obviously people grow people change and like what you guys value in a friendship may also have changed so like all i'm gaining from this shift in life is peace motherfucking peace and that's what i put over anything like i'm not gonna put my mental health through hell for someone who like not gonna mean shit to me in like a year you know so while yes it might suck in the moment think about like future you a week from now a month from now a year from now and like how much better you'll feel Um, knowing that, like, that source of, like, negativity or toxicity is no longer in your life.
2: And that's – I don't know what I would have done going through all of that without you because whereas that's the more mature approach, undoubtedly and objectively, my mind was very – I was so devastated, you know, because I just kept thinking about the memories, and and it's not right. I'm not not advocating for this whatsoever, but, like, as someone who took the wrong approach, I think this is really valuable to say because – I was very thinking about oh my god we've been through so much together I told you all like x y and z I told you all of these things and like that mean that meant so much to me why didn't it mean anything to you why are you so quick to let not you Sydney but like why were they so quick to let me go when I just kept constantly fighting and fighting and fighting for like a friendship that I thought was worth my whole life you know what I mean so I think Whereas you were looking for peace, I was more focused on why are you doing this to me? Because I love you like my sister. So this is, you know, absolutely just like heart-wrenching for me. But then, of course, as we had more conversations, I realized that, you know... Uh, just like kind of with men you know like if you don't if you're gonna be there and you don't care much about me like why should I care about you like that's totally my approach with men so like why don't I adapt that approach to my friendships because it is healthy when you have really toxic people in your life so then I kind of switched over to that mentality with your help of course and it really worked
3: it's like I don't think there's necessarily like any wrong way to approach because obviously it's something that's like super emotional yeah but I just think that like in situations like that. I just
2: don't advocate to like harp on it as much as I did for as long as I did.
3: Because like obviously those memories were good for a reason like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be like oh those were all fake like you know like that stuff can still live on as like good memories in your mind just knowing that like in the present things have changed but also just remember that you can never get inside someone's head and understand why they treat you the way that they do you can only control your reaction to it and how you heal from it so peace.
2: Well the key word is healing and peace and I think As long as you don't let that heart wrenching what I went through, like, oh my God, why are you doing this to me turn into hatred and spite? I think like that's where we converge, you know? Like I could have, you know, manifested all of that into hatred and I'm gonna talk bad about you online. Whereas I kind of adopted that mentality of it was all happy memories when the memories were happening and now it's not, and like that's okay because we just grew out of each other, I think. We're so mature. We should be sure something.
1: <laughs> oh my God, I
3: tell you what happened to me. I think no. I did. I was walking home from work, and now I'm not even gonna line my work pants, do we fly as fuck? And this, there's a man on the side of the street, and I'm stopped at this like, street light. And he looks at me, and I looked at him, and I was like, oh, hi, you know. And he like claps his hands together and like pray for him. he was like, S-s-s-s-s-s-s. and I was like, okay, did he just like cursed me or something. And so the light wouldn't change, and I was like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got places to be. And I looked back at the guy and he goes, I just thank God for that ass. And I was like, excuse me? What? (laughs) And everyone next to me on the sidewalk like burst out laughing. And I was like, okay, thank you, I guess.
2: That's so funny. And other people heard it and they laughed. The command
3: was being so loud. And there was like a crowd. It was like rush hour, five o'clock. And everyone was like dying. And I was like.
0: Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else.
2: So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
3: Um, what's your advice for finding the right law school slash doing well in the LSAT?
2: My advice for doing well on the LSAT is studying a lot.
3: (laughs) I'm going to do a TikTok about it, I think, because I got this question a lot, like, over DMs, and it's, like, a very long answer, but basically, I think that something that I wish I had done, and it sounds so simple and so stupid, but I feel like it would make the world of a difference, is, like, when I did decide I wanted to do law school and, like, sign up for the LSAT, realize how important it is, because, like, people always say that, like, oh, there's so many aspects to, like, a law school application, but, like, the Yeltsat is the first thing you look at and it's usually like the deciding factor of like yes or no, I'm not gonna like look at this application. So like if you realize number one, how expensive it is to the weight that it holds, I feel like treat it as a priority. Like treat it as, as it's one of your classes and you're trying to get an A plus on it, you know, like find a way that's gonna work for you, whether it's taking a class. Like I did self-study, so like I bought myself a book and like, was gave myself like chapters to do like per day, and like there were times that I slacked, which I wish like I had like just like not gone out that one time and studied instead, because I felt like it would have made the world of a difference. But I think just like keep how keep in mind how important it is, do a lot of practice tests, um, finish whatever course you do, and then like when it gets closer to the test, start taking practice tests. So you can like get your score like consistent, and also just be confident in your abilities. You know, like you're applying for law school for a reason. And I'm sure you'll make the best lawyer, so keep that in mind. When it comes to like law schools, it's kinda of the same thing as colleges. Like find make sure it's an area that you want. And like if you do know like what kinds of law you're interested in, whether it's like international law or civil rights law or corporate law or tax law, make sure you apply to schools to, like have good programs and opportunities in that kind of law. It will make a world of difference once you graduate. I agree. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> um any tips oh next question any tips on making friends in cities like New York honestly all the friends I've met here have been so random like seriously like my best friend business partner roommate but the way we met was really random yeah we literally met in line at a bathroom what we met in line in what (laughs) how do you say that we We met met in line line to get for the bathroom for the bathroom at a frat party at a frat party I forgot all prepositions I was like (laughs) line bathroom (laughs) <laughs> in the bathroom line um yeah we met in line to get to a bathroom I still said that wrong it's okay <laughs> at a frat party and like we just hit it off then I've met a lot of friends like in classes I've met friends work, on Instagram at work um joining clubs is a big way to make friends like I met a lot of my friends through do- doing that and like just you talking to people in classes so yeah, also, like, a lot of people that, like, don't go to NYU, like, I met them through TikTok or, like, Instagram or, like, I knew them from back home or we had, like, a mutual friend and it ended up, like, it going well.
2: I also, I want to advocate for, like, networking clubs and, like, events. She said self promo. <laughs> but I think, like, networking events and, because, I mean, I've been going to networking events since, like, freshman year, so I definitely want to advocate for that. Inexpensive social clubs, little, little places like that. I think just, like, going, like, because also Eventbrite, like, if you just go on Eventbrite and look up free tickets to free shit, there are a lot of, like, people People do that a lot. Like, I used to do that. You, you know, you'll find, like, really nice people when you go to events like that. It's not all just going to be, like, Craigslist creeps. Like, it's going to be really cool and fun most of the time. So I recommend that as well.
3: Um, there's also, like, apps, like Mumble BFF. There's Meet North. They're, like, designed. Meet
2: Up, the Meetup app.
3: Yeah. Um, Jet black social Club. play, like stuff like that, where mm. you can like go to meet people, and Talk like the out. apps are free, so like that's nice. Yeah. Next question. Um, oh, what defines good sex for y'all? Ooh. When I don't hate myself after. Whoa.
2: <laughs> when I don't cry. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, it's not. I cry just for fun. But. Um, no, sometimes I do cry during sex. And I'm like, I really hope they didn't notice that. Not because anything happened. I just like crying. Um, ooh, that, oh smells, that smells so good.
2: Right? It's a summer candle. I need to exchange it for a fall one. I
3: have a fall one down there.
2: We should yeah. get it. Let's exchange it right
3: after this episode. Um, yeah, I feel like no one, te- <laughs> no one teaches you how to have good sex or how to know oh. whether or not sex is good because our schools hate the idea of us having sex and instead just don't talk about so it. we'll teach you instead. Just super unsafe.
2: We'll talk but, about it instead.
3: And it's important to also because like so many young women, um are young identif- women, female identifying people go through this and like don't understand like how why when where all that stuff and i feel like it's so important to do so safely and like to know whether or not you're being treated right etc
2: so number one good sex is protected in any way that means to you whether it's condoms birth control in any sense of the form the ring whatever that like means to you it's just get educated on good birth control because i know so many people myself included who in high school like thought you could be getting pregnant like in a bath
3: no like, that's i told you i literally that's what i thought too because i thought that
2: too, because yeah. thought that of glee they never really clarified that it I wasn't a thing <laughs> i thought
3: i was very highly i was a fucking senior in high school and I was next to a boy in a pool, and my boyfriend. And I was like, "Stop it! If you put that thing near me, I'm gonna get pregnant." <laughs> so Stop yeah, it. the good sex ed is a big thing. Sex education. The show, honestly, is actually very informative and it's very funny. So if you want a new show to watch, watch that. <clears throat> but I think also like if you can't get to like an OB/GYN or like you're in college and it's hard. Like I, my OBGYN is in Jacksonville, and like obviously I won through NYU. But like in terms of like getting my birth control, I use this online thing called the Pill Club. I've used it for years. And I just like sent my prescription to the website, and they send me like free condoms, free Plan B, all this stuff. Oh no, I've used it before that. Um, I know, I know. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I do work with them, but that's not sponsored. I've been using them since I was literally a freshman in college. But um, I think also. Just understanding your emotions about things, because I feel like it's very easy to get pressured into having sex, because, like, society is like, oh, like, you should be fucking every guy you meet. You should be having, like, really fun sex all of college. Like, I'm not into that whatsoever. Like, I don't find joy or pleasure in having random sex. I never have, and you shouldn't be pressured into thinking that, like, you do have to. Um, honestly, if you do, that's great for you. But, like, I felt so pressured to, like, be obsessed with hookup culture when i was starting school and like i don't find any joy in it whatsoever or value it's so like for me good sex was like trusting the person i'm with and like having emotions in it and like feeling pleasure obviously but like just like finishing sex and like not feeling like shit about myself but like feeling happy and feeling comfortable and feeling protected so that's how i view good sex but i think also it's very subjective it's like what makes you feel comfortable you feel happy and that could be Fucking random people that could be having sex with multiple partners, it could be casual sex, it could be having sex with just your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner. So I feel like whatever makes you feel the most comfortable and makes you feel more valued in yourself is what you should consider to be quote unquote good sex. Next question.
2: <laughs>
3: um, help for when you're in a friend group of three, but the other two girls are way closer and you're excluded. Um, like I always say, voice how you feel, because people can't read your mind, and so make that clear that, like, you do feel excluded, and, like, you would like them to put an effort in, in including you, and if they don't do it, then bye, drop it like it's hot, and get you a new set of friends.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what was the question?
3: (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Help for when you're in a friend group of three, but the other two girls are way closer, and you're always excluded.
2: Oh, my God. That's such a common thing. Oh, Yeah. I don't really know. Or also
3: like maybe just like not to like break them apart or like be on a team or whatever, but like ask to spend time alone one on one with one of the persons, yeah. like get to know them better as individuals. So that makes you as a group stronger.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say be very careful about um gossiping and things like that. I would say like don't take it so personally if two people are closer. Rather actually make a genuine um peer effort to engage with the other two like, like you said
3: don't talk shit about one of them to the other i hate when girls do that to try and like yeah to, like yeah. break people up because like i've been in the middle of that and like not only is it awful as the other person but it's also Hearing offered, about yourself yeah being,
2: talked about. being
3: put in the middle of that where like you have to hear one person talk shit about the your like other friend like it's an awful place to be in
2: yeah so you're like as that person, you're like, do I tell them? Do I not? Am I gonna lose both of them? Am I gonna lose one? It's just an awful thing. So, like, don't be the person to talk shit because ultimately you're creating that situation. It's not too cute.
3: Um, last question. My very recent ex's best friend just asked me for nudes. I don't wanna make drama, but I also feel like I owe it to my ex to tell him his best mate's a dog personally i would want to know if the roles were reversed however my ex's best friend also told me information about my ex while i was dating him about my ex lying and making up shit about me which ultimately saved me from staying in a toxic and fake relationship so in some ways i feel like i owe him what should i do go prioritize your peace. yikes prioritize your peace. like obviously we don't know either of the guys in the situation but i feel like maybe you do have a sense of loyalty to one or the other but Above all, I don't think necessarily it's necessarily about what they, what's best for them or, like, their interests, what's best for you. If that means blocking them both and having your peace, then girl, do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, who says you need to be friends with, like, both of these people, you know, especially if one is connected to a person who made you feel really sad, i.e. your ex. So um, I actually really agree with that. It's very a hard decision, so I'm sorry you're put in that position, but that's wild hey yo we got through all the
3: questions we consolidated a lot of them that sounded similar so like if you didn't hear your exact question it's because it was routine with another one because it was similar situations slash similar advice
2: yeah i'm proud of us we literally tried to answer like all of these questions or we like we did in some way which is nice go us we're awesome But so, again, we are starting our book club series. Read along with us. Don't. We don't care. It'll be very, like, life advice anyway. So, I mean, you don't have to, but we really encourage you to because we're trying to make reading cute again, like Sydney said. Um, If you want to keep listening to us, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. And if you want to follow our social media, we are at Crying in Public Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok as well. We have some fun content coming up for you guys. We're hiring our interns soon. So we will get on the social media ball. We love you. Thank you, as always. Goodbye.
4: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means.
3: The cat
0: Zumo Play.